Tonight, we're going to be looking in Daniel chapter 7. We've been preaching uh, in and through the book of Daniel on Wednesday nights uh, for a little while here at the church and have really enjoyed it. And it's been comforting for me and I believe for our church to read about the fact that um, God is in control. That's what Daniel, the book of Daniel teaches us, um, that the Lord is in control and that kingdoms come and kingdoms go. Uh, but the one thing that is consistent throughout all time uh, is that God reigns and that God is in control. And uh, tonight we're going to look in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. We're just going to read two verses. And uh, I was talking to one of the brothers uh, before service, and um, it, he was, was talking about doing a service like this, preaching like this. And I understand it's hard to listen for a long time. And the reason I know it is because I've tried um, uh, I've tried to watch others uh, preach and services, and it's uh, hard to listen for a long time. So I'm going to try to say what I got to say and say it quick. So, but let's look here in Daniel chapter seven. We'll begin reading in verse number thirteen. The Bible says, "I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him." There was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall in his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Let's pray. Father, we pray tonight that Lord you bless the word of God. We know the word of God is not bound. And Lord, we know the Spirit of God's not bound. Now I pray tonight that you breathe through us, you breathe on us. You'd speak to us tonight, Lord, as we read and preach from the Word of God. We thank you, Lord, that nothing ever has and nothing ever will take you by surprise. And Lord, above all things, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the life that He lived for us. We thank you for the death that He died for us. We thank you for the resurrection, Lord, where He arose, Lord, for our, for our redemption. We pray tonight, God, you'd use us, Lord. As feeble as we are and as weak as we are, we pray you'd touch us from on high. Lord, and use us in a mighty way. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In verse number 13, Daniel said, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man. The Son of Man. And that's what I'm going to preach on tonight is the Son of Man. The Son of Man. You know, there are some people that teach and preach that the Old Testament uh, is invalid or, uh, or not essential or not important. Uh, for the New Testament believer, um, but I, I believe with all my heart that it is essential and it is important. I believe that the Old Testament, we see all the truth of the New Testament concealed, and then in the New Testament, we see the, the Old Testament revealed. And one of the great things about the Old Testament is all throughout, we see pictures or types or uh, shadows, if you would, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus did not begin in Bethlehem. He is the eternal Son of God. And here in Daniel 7, Daniel saw Jesus. That's who the Son of Man is. Uh, in fact, we're in the middle of this. Last week we talked about in verses 9 through verse number 12, where the Bible says in verse 9, I beheld the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit. And we talked about the Ancient of Days. Uh, and now we're in the middle of Daniel's dream, Daniel's vision. You know, uh, the book of Daniel is full of these visions and dreams and uh, prophetic, if you would, imagery. And uh, this is not the first dream that we read about in the book of Daniel. In fact, in chapter number 2, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream as well. 
And if you compare Daniel's dream uh, to Nebuchadnezzar's dream, you'll find that for the most part, they were about the same events and about the same things. Dan, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and in his dream, he saw an image, and his head was of gold, and, his, and it went down, and he has uh, legs of iron. And, and uh, that image was an image or a picture uh, of the kingdoms of men and that were going to rule on the earth. And then at the end, he said that he saw a stone that was cut without hands, not made of hands, that fell and crushed that image. And we talked about that stone was Jesus Christ. Now, in Daniel chapter 7, he sees an image, a vision. And in Daniel's vision, these same kingdoms are represented by four beasts. Uh, in chapter number 7, verse number 5, he mentions uh, that in verse number, uh, chapter number 4, I meant to say, in uh, uh, chapter number 7, verse number 4, there was a lion and then... Uh, in chapter uh, number 7, verse 5, he saw a bear, and then he saw a leper, and then he saw a great beast. All of these were symbolic of the kingdoms of the earth. The lion being a symbol of the Babylonian kingdom, uh, the bear being a symbol of the Medes and Persians, and then the leper being a symbol of the Greek or the Macedonian kingdom, and then the fourth great beast, the worst of all the beasts, a symbol of the Roman Empire. Now, I want to show you this. Uh, both of these men had dreams and they both had similar dreams but when they saw these dreams they saw them in a different way and it goes to show you that the child of God uh, doesn't have the same vision or the same outlook on the world uh, as the person that is lost and doesn't know God. If you study these, you find that Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, uh, they saw the world different. If you study in chapter number 2, you'll find that most of what Nebuchadnezzar saw had to do with the earth and earthly kingdoms. But in chapter number 7, we find that Daniel saw very little about the earth and about earthly kingdoms, and he saw a whole lot about heaven and an everlasting kingdom. Uh, we find that not only did they see the world different, but they saw the Lord different. In chapter number 3, Nebuchadnezzar made an image of what he saw in that vision. It was his uh, image of God. Uh, but in, in chapter number 7, uh, Daniel saw the Lord, and he saw Him as the Ancient of Days. And what Daniel saw was a God that could not be made, a God that could not be moved, a God that could not be mocked. And so what I'm saying is they saw the Lord different. I want you to know tonight, we should see the Lord different as children of God. When the world sees Him, uh, they see Him as some man upstairs. They see Him as the big guy in the sky. They see Him as a crutch to lean on. But when we see Him, we see Him like Daniel. Uh, one whose garments white as snow, whose hair is like wool, whose throne is like a fire flame. So they saw the Lord different. They saw the world different. They saw the future different. When Nebuchadnezzar saw all that he saw, he lost his mind. And he went out in the field and he ate grass like an oxen. And it caused him to be troubled. When Daniel saw it, you know, this vision happened. Daniel chapter 7 happened before Daniel chapter 5 where Belshazzar called him in uh, and offered. He offered Daniel one-third of his kingdom to give him an answer. Daniel was not interested in what Belshazzar had to offer. And the reason is... Because Daniel had already seen the kingdom of God in, in Daniel chapter 7. And after he had saw the kingdom of heaven, he didn't want anything to do with the kingdom of Belshazzar. Now, in verse number 13, he says this. He said, I saw one like the Son of Man. So, before we can get into this, and I'm going to get into it here shortly. 
We have to know who the Son of Man is. And without question, I'm going to say tonight that the Son of Man is the Lord Jesus Christ. Without debate. In the Gospel records, 82 times Jesus referred to Himself as the Son of Man. In fact, His favorite title or the, or the most common name that He called Himself was the Son of Man. Now, there are some that teach that in fact, many liberals will say that he, Jesus wasn't God because he called himself the Son of Man. But if you'll read the Bible, which is amazing how that helps you answer liberals, if you'll read the Bible, you'll find that the things that Jesus referred to the Son of Man doing were not things that a man could do. There were things about him. In fact, he talked about in Matthew 17, 22, he said, And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said, And the Son of Man shall be betrayed in the hands of men and they shall kill him and the third day he shall be raised again that's not an ordinary man do you know Jesus did not cease to be God so that he could become man he added humanity upon his deity he never ceased to be God while becoming a man this is a mystery to us now the Bible says that great is the mystery of godliness uh, and, and so we can't sit here and try to rationalize it and try to explain because it's beyond our mind it's beyond our intellect but we know that Jesus was God and Jesus was man why did he have to become man so he could die for men. Uh, he, if he had not become a man, he could not have died as a man and he could not have died for man. He came so he might identify with us and so that he might become our substitute and die in our stead. When Adam and Eve sinned, God gave Adam dominion over the earth. And when Adam sinned, he lost that dominion. He forfeited that dominion. And so Jesus Christ came as the second Adam to redeem man and to reclaim the dominion that God had given him. Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's an act of deity, is saving someone that was lost. Mark chapter 2 and verse 7 they said, why does this man speak blasphemies? Who can, for, who can forgive sins but God only? Jesus answered in Mark chapter 2 and verse 10, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. I'm saying tonight that this is Daniel saw Jesus, the Son of Man. In fact, and when Jesus was on trial in Matthew 26 verse 63, the Bible says this, But Jesus held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God, that thou tellest whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. And then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy. When Jesus said, You shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds, He was Reference in Daniel chapter 7 and the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, they said he's blaspheming because they realized that what he was claiming is that he was the Christ, the Son of God. I want you to say, I want you to know tonight what he said was not blasphemy, it was truth. He was the Son of Man. Uh, he took upon himself the form of a servant, Philippians chapter 2, uh, so that he might become obedient unto death, even the death 
death of the cross. But thank God he did not stay dead. He was raised on the third day. And listen tonight, he still is the Son of Man. One like the Son of Man. I want to look at this quickly tonight and, and talk about what did Daniel see. First thing we see in verse 13, he says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven. Daniel saw the Son of Man, and he saw a returning one. He said he came. He appeared, Daniel now in, the, in verses 9 through 12, he is in the presence of the Ancient of Days. And he is looking at him. He is admiring him. He is uh, observing the Ancient of Days who we uh, explained last week is God Almighty, the Creator of Heaven of God, the Father. And now Daniel looks around and he says there come one in the room. Uh, there was someone that appeared who was the Son of Man. He was a returning one. I want you to know tonight that one day soon and very soon, Jesus is coming again. He came the first time and was born to a virgin named Mary. Uh, but that was not the final return of Jesus Christ. He is going to come again. Many people have a hard time understanding the return of Christ. Uh, there's some that try to uh, say that uh, there's certain things about that are true that are not true. And then uh, there's others that say that there's certain things that aren't true about it, that aren't true about it. But we know that when we read the Bible that the second coming of Christ is going to take place in two parts. Two parts to that coming. The first part of that coming is what is known as the rapture. Which is just, it's a, it's the, you will not find the word rapture in your Bible, but you will find the teaching. It's a catching away. Uh, over there in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 13, he said, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you saw not, as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we send you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain shut, under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So the first coming, He's coming for His people. And then we read in Jude verse 14, And Enoch also the sinner had prophesied these things, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. So the first part, he's coming for his people. The second part, he's coming with his people. The first time he comes in this, in this uh, second return, he's coming secretly. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 2, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Then the second coming, he, the second part of his return, he's coming and all eyes will see him. Revelations 1, 7, Behold, he cometh with the clouds and every eye shall see him. The first part of his coming, he's coming to, re to reunite with his people in heaven. The second time, he's coming to reign with his people on earth. Matthew 24 in verse 30, And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. I want you to know now, this world belongs to Jesus Christ. It is rightfully His. 
And one day he's coming to claim what is his. The return that Daniel saw is the coming of the Lord that is coming at the end of the seven years of great tribulation. When he comes back to this earth, he steps foot on the Mount of Olives. He walks into Jerusalem. He sits down on the throne of David and he rules and reigns for a thousand years. He saw him as the returning one. But then in verse number 13, he said he came with clouds of, with the clouds of heaven and came to ancient days and they brought him near before him and there was given him dominion and glory in a kingdom. Daniel saw the Son of Man and he saw him as a returning one. But then we see he saw him as a rewarded one. You see, the ancient of days had some presents. He had some gifts that he wanted to give to the Son of Man. You know what this is speaking about here? It's talking about the day when the Lord Jesus is going to receive His inheritance from God the Father. Did you know tonight that there is an inheritance tonight that is being kept for every one of us that have been saved by the power of God? It's being kept by the power of God. It's laid up in heaven waiting on us. But I want you to know tonight that there is a greater inheritance waiting on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not yet received it, but one day He will. David spoke about this in Psalms 2 and verse 7. He said, I'll declare of the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. Of this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thy inheritance and the other most parts of the earth for thy possession. On this day God is going to give to Jesus Christ his inheritance. And listen, that's going to be a wonderful day. John seen it in Revelations 5 where they wept. John wept. Uh, there was no one to open the book and then the Lamb of God came in and he see, he reached out and he took the book uh, with his right hand from the Father uh, that's when that inheritance was exchanged he received a gift from the ancient of days then the Bible says there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom he saw a rewarded one. He saw a returned one. But then look, he saw a reigning one. He says there was given him dominion. And then in verse number 14 also says a kingdom. There's a lot of people that have dominion. That speaks of a position. But they don't have no kingdom. It's kind of like the Queen of England. She's got a position, but she has no power. It's just a, it, it's just a show. Uh, they have a parliament that makes all the decisions. They have a, a, a system of government that, that makes all the choices for them. And she is just a figure, if you would. Uh, but Jesus is not only going to have dominion, He's going to have a kingdom. Many kingdoms, many kings have power. They have no power. They're just a show of power. But Jesus has a son, the Son of Man has a kingdom in which He reigns. Luke 1, and He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. Revelations eleven fifteen, and the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the, kingdom, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. He is a reigning one. Daniel saw Him. You say, Brother Mark, what's the significance of this? Daniel had been in Babylon 
uh, for 60 years had sat under Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar. He had watched these evil men and these corrupt men reign on corrupt thrones and rule corrupt kingdoms. But God allowed him to see the day when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to sit on a throne and reign forever and ever. He's the reigning one. He's going to have absolute control and authority over this earth. There will be no committees. There will be no subcommittees. There will be no panels that will be formed. But Jesus and Jesus alone will rule this earth and will rule the world and all of His power and all of His dominion. Revelations 19, 15, out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. And with it he shall smite the nations and he'll rule them with a rod of iron. Daniel saw a reigning one. But look in verse 14. There is given him dominion and glory. And glory. Not only that, he saw a royal one. That word glory, it means the honor due to a king. Look at verse 13. It said he came with the clouds. Do you know what clouds are in the Bible? They are the garments of God. Over there in Exodus chapter number 13 and verse 21, the Bible says, And the Lord went before them in day by, by day in a pillar of a cloud. Matthew 17, 5, While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Acts 1, 9, And when he was spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him, out of their sight. Uh, listen, he said this one, uh, the Son of Man, not only is he a returning one and a rewarded one and a reigning one, but he is a royal one. He is the King of Heaven. Uh, he is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. I want you to know tonight, I'm glad that I serve Him. I'm glad that I belong to Him. I'm glad that I know Him as my King. He's a royal one. He is a royal one. But then... Verse 14, I'm done. He said that all people, nations, and languages should serve Him. You see, He's got servants, this King does. They come from all different places, all different backgrounds, but they all have one goal and one purpose to serve Him. And His dominion, the Bible says, is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and His kingdom which shall not be destroyed. Daniel saw the Son of Man, and he said not only that, he said he saw Him as a remaining one. Daniel had seen a lot of people come and go. He had watched a lot of transition. And in fact, after this vision, he was going to see even more transition. He was going to have to, he was going to, have to enter into another kingdom and sit under another king named Cyrus. He was going to have to learn a new language. He had seen all types of transition. He was born and raised in Jerusalem and Israel. He was taken away from that as a young boy and led into Babylon. He had lived most of his life in Babylon. He had seen so many kings come and go. He had seen so much change in his life. But when he saw this king, he said his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom shall not be destroyed. You see, Daniel saw, uh, we, we said that Daniel 2 and Daniel 7, they kind of go together. What Nebuchadnezzar saw was his image being crushed uh, by this rock that was not cut by hands. 
what Daniel saw was that rock sitting on the throne and that rock was going to rule forever and forever. Jesus remains. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1, 11, they shall perish, but thou remainest. All the kings and kingdoms of earth have come and gone. They enjoyed their moment of fame for a while, but ultimately they met their demise. But thank God, the Son of Man, He'll remain on the throne for all eternity. One of these days, the White House is just going to be a pile of rock. The Supreme Court is just going to be a pile of stone. One day, the Constitution of the United States will just be some document that's in history books. But once Jesus sits on the throne, He'll remain forever and forever and forever. The Son of Man. Tonight, if you're watching, if you're listening to this, you're not saved. I encourage you to get saved. There's only one person who can save you. It's the Son of Man. I quoted earlier Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And if you want, if you choose, if you decide, if you feel the drawing of the Spirit of God in your heart, and you say, I want to be a part of His kingdom, I want Him to be my King, I want Him to be my Lord, then He'll receive you into His family. But if you reject Him tonight, I didn't mention this, but when He comes the second time, when He comes and steps on, there's going to be judgment. It's going to be a day of judgment. He told him in Matthew uh, 23 that there's going to be weeping and mourning. He's going to judge all the nations. He's going to, there's going to be recompense handed out. And all those that rejected Him, all those that denied Him, those that mocked Him, and we're living in a day and a time where it's the popular thing, it's the trendy thing, it's the cool thing to make light of Jesus, to mock Him. The comedians, they use Him as their punchline. The politicians, they won't even say His name when they pray, when they so-called pray at sporting events. They don't want any references to Him. In our public schools, they don't want anybody talking about Him. But when He comes back, He's going to vindicate Himself. If you're not saved, if you're on the wrong side, it's going to be a dreadful and a terrible day.